0: Listen in as we irritate some, inform others, and challenge all leaders to discover a better path to the leadership excellence we all want.
1: Hello, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, faithful listeners of the No More Leadership BS podcast. This is Jeff G. Off McLaughlin with Professionals at Play here. uh, And I am joined by our ever wonderful crew of podcasting geniuses in the leadership realm, First off and foremost, the genius behind all of us would be Miss Myra Hall. How are you doing today?
2: (laughs) I'm doing just great, Geoff. Thanks uh, for putting me first. I love it when you put me first.
1: (laughs) You're always first in my heart and my mind, always. (laughs) Next up, we have the incomparable Dr. Sam Jennings. How are you doing today, sir?
3: It's another fabulous day. I can't wait to get in this conversation. I'm glad to be here. And um, folks, let's help some people out. Let's
1: do this. This is going to be great. And then we got the Jeffs. We're going to go with Jeff Conroy first because you happen to be closer up on my screen. And Jeff was uh, the last one on the call. So you get first dibs. How are you doing today?
0: I am outstanding. It's good to see everybody this morning, this (laughs) afternoon, today, (laughs) this day, the day day that is this day, (laughs) today, that is this day.
1: Excellent. And that means last but definitely not least, uh, Mr. Jeffrey Geyer. How are you today, my
4: friend? How's everybody doing? I, I'm a little surprised nobody picked up on the fact that Geoff called us all geniuses. That's pretty cool. I'm a genius now.
3: <laughs> yeah. I didn't think shock.
1: anybody would notice. I'm still in shock.
3: Shock <laughs> and odd. No, I recognize hyperbole when I hear it. Thanks for the support, Dr. (laughs) Say. I'm in the same room you are, pal. (laughs) The
1: Zoom room, that is. The Zoom
4: room.
0: The Zoom room.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, awesome. Well, today uh we are actually going to continue our conversation on saving a sinking ship. So in our last episode, I believe that we covered uh identifying that your ship was sinking, right? Is that pretty much where we got to? We used about five Mm -hmm. different analogies for what the ship was. It was a ship. It was a car. It was a, a, a carriage. It was a got rails. You know,
3: got sails. <laughs> got rail sails.
1: A, a vessel. vessel of some sort, right? Well, uh, today we're going to identify. I'm going to go back to that sinking ship because ships are in water, and I got to say that sometimes it feels like you're just standing there plugging holes, right? And you, it seems like every time you plug a hole, sometimes there's another one. And so what we're looking at is the data. How do you determine whether or not it's sinking? And if it is, in fact, sinking, what is causing it? Because a lot of times, if you're in a storm, you'll be taking on water, right? If you're taking on water, you go, oh, my gosh, the boat technically is sinking. However, that's easy to bail out. If you've got a hole in the ship, that's a different story. And so when we're looking at the, the stuff that we're going to look at today, I'm going to ask us to look at it from a people perspective, the people perspective. Uh, There was a Gallup poll done in 2021. I guess they do the Gallup poll pretty frequently. Uh, And so some of the data that they pulled from that, uh, worldwide, I know this is worldwide, the United States, uh, I'll give those numbers in a little bit, but worldwide, 85% of employees were not engaged, disengaged employees, 85%. Now, I don't know about you, but if I had 85 out of 100 employees, and 85 of them were not engaged in the process, in the business building process. To me, that would be an indicator that there was something wrong. So uh, that means only 15% of your engagement, uh, employees are engaged. <laughs> just laughing we're, and be like, we're, wow.
4: We're, we're geniuses and Jeff yeah. is Captain Obvious. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Captain Obvious.
1: <laughs> Thank you, new title. I'm gonna add that to my, it's <laughs> gonna go on my memoir, Captain Obvious. Thank you, Captain Obvious.
0: Can't even spell <laughs> uh, no more.
1: Right, but that's a different story. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we have so much fun with what we do. Uh, but the problem then would be this: is that if if our ship is sinking and we've got eighty five of our people that don't care, we're going to be sinking a whole lot faster than if we have people that are engaged. Uh, the other interesting fact was that if you have employ uh, a good company culture, your revenue increased four four percent of uh, four times, four times the normal. So one of the things we discussed last episode was that your company might not be profitable. If your company's not profitable, it's eventually going to go out of business. So for me, uh, and I'm asking you guys, I know some of you have come in specifically, Mr. Guyer, come into, uh, organizations that have not been profitable and you've had to turn things around very quickly. What are some of the things that you have all done? And I'm going to go to you first, Mr. Geyer, uh, to either a increase employee engagement or B, assess people to see if they're in the right positions to increase their engagement overall. Is that something that you've done? And how did that work out? Mr. Geyer?
4: Oh, well, well, yes. And, and it's supported by, I didn't, I didn't realize um, that stat you just gave a a little bit ago about, you know, you get that 85% disengaged employee thing figured out and revenue goes up four times. Um, And, and so, um, although I didn't have that in my mind, you know, when I was working, I think last episode I told you the story about, about the bank I took over that was under the cease and desist order and, and one of the things we, we did was basically cleaned house with all but one or maybe two of the employees I don't remember exactly. Um, but some of the, the thinking about that wasn't well boy if we can get better engagement and these people aren't engaged because this ship is sinking. Um, And and if we do that, we'll get four times the revenue. What we were thinking at the time, or or certainly what I was thinking at the time was, boy, these folks helped contribute to where we are. And do they have the capacity or the mindset to get us someplace else? And and most of it is, is, and I think the answer to that is mostly no, that's kind of a generalized statement, but, but mostly no, because you can't use the same thinking you use to get into a problem to get out. And are are these people really, you know, capable of changing their mindset and stuff? And and in the, the first two or three months, maybe, um, while we were working out of that cease and desist order, we will we were also, you know, helping existing employees try and go be happy somewhere else because they were exhibiting clear signs that they weren't willing to change the way they think and, and, and that kind of stuff. And so that might be an extreme example because the culture was so broken and so bad. Um, I, I think in my, my second example, it was a healthcare clinic and it was, it was struggling too. And, and it, we looked at the culture and the, and I guess the people in the culture and, and did a a hard reset, not, not with the people, but a hard reset with the culture that, you know, yesterday is over and today's a new day and here, here are the things that are important to us and, and we move forward from there. And, and although I haven't done the quick math in my, my head, I, I don't know that in both of those companies, our revenue went up four times, but it went up significantly when, when we got that the people thing worked out.
1: That's awesome. And I love that you said, help them go be happy someplace else. I mean, you still cared for these people and that they were human beings, it's not like you're just sorry, you're fired. Good luck, have fun. There's the door. Uh, you know, you you actually help them engage in another in uh, gainful employment, which is absolutely brilliant. Right. Um, right. Mister Mister Conroy, I know that you've worked with. A lot of, uh, what kind of experiences have you had with trying to get people to row in the same direction? Trying to get everybody on board uh, with positive culture. Well,
0: you you kind of fuzzed out there for a second. So, the, the question is what what have I done to get people to join in to a positive culture? Yes. Okay. Um, you know, to, to piggyback on what was, what Mr. Geyer said, and I say that with the deepest respect, um, because I respect my elders, uh, is, um, is when you go in, when you're asked to go in and fix something, um, I, personally, as Jeff did, uh, I wanted to go in and talk to each and every individual employee and find out whether they were part of the team or not. Are they with me or are they against me? And the ones that are with me, yeah, the ones that are against me, like Jeff says, we're going to ask them to go find their happiness elsewhere uh, to to get that going. But you have to, as the leader, you have to derive a uh, compelling vision for them to buy into. You got, there's got to be excitement behind it. There's got to be a, a light at that end of the tunnel. There's got to be a clean, concise process uh, f- to get out of there, to get out of the hole that you're in, uh, and it, to get people on board. Um, I, I would do things like small groups, bring in small groups of employees and say, okay, you guys are in charge of this. We, we, need, to get, we need to get from here to here. Go and be fruitful, and we're going to check in. And make them part of the solution. Don't make them don't make them part of just standing on the sidelines. They need to be part, they need to engage. They need to be part of that solution. So I the employees are the best thing you've got. And the ones that are going to be with you will want to jump in and will want to make it happen, in my experience. Yeah.
4: Yeah, that, that's great. Let me let me jump in here real quick because I just I just can't not. Um, Jeff, that that's perfect. One of the one of the visuals I used to help people is I, I used a bus and, you know, told these people we're, we're, we're all on this bus. Um, and now I'm i I'm switching metaphors on y'all from ships and ever, ever whatever, but <laughs> we're we're on this bus and this bus is going to Chicago and, um, we're all going to work cause the, the bus needs some work, but we're going to, we're headed to Chicago. And if, if you want to go to Chicago, um, then get on the bus, but here's the thing. If you're on the bus, we're going to Chicago. Don't try and make us go to Cleveland. No. Right. That's that's exactly what you were saying. That's perfect. No. Stuff. And, and, and they
0: have to be they have to be on board because you don't want them to say, yeah, this is exciting. And then go back to their little meetings and say, hey, Conray, well, he's got his head up, his butt. he has no idea what he's talking about. And I'm sure they're doing that anyway. Uh, and, and employees <laughs> can't do that, uh, but um, you want them to be excited. And when they start digging out of the hole, there's excitement. There's excitement right. in the company and it builds. Like I said, when, when I was asked to take over a, a, a nonprofit, I had a board member tell me, why would you want to reset the launchers on the deck of the Titanic? Uh, we're going to be closed in 90 days. Well, that was 10, 20 years ago and they're still right. around. So uh, we did something right.
4: Well, and I'm getting contacted by the marketing department now, and I, I need to make a statement about. There's nothing wrong with going to Cleveland, okay? There's Cleveland's good. That's just I, I love Cleveland. I got well, lots of friends goal. from Cleveland, right? Cleveland's great. <laughs> the bus was going to Chicago, all
0: right? My, my mother-in-law lives in, <laughs> My mother-in-law lives in Cleveland. And I'll have her give you a call.
4: All right. Sounds good.
1: <laughs> All negative comments can be directed to him. Okay. Yeah. got it.
0: Perfect. Je- Jeff Geyer <laughs> at www. Uh,
1: so uh, Dr. Sam, uh, what are your thoughts and opinions on this? The, it sounds like so far people over profit and people before profit, meaning your people are going to indicate your level of profit that you're going to make. Would, would you agree with that or disagree? Why? And um, feel free to chime in.
3: Right, so I would say, first of all, yes, agree. Um, the data supports that statement. The the most glaring and obvious counter example, I think we may have mentioned previously, is a particular uh, online company that treats other sort of people um, little more um, like recyclables. You can go through your frontline workers at a rate of one hundred and fifty percent turnover and still make a cabillion dollars. So there is at least one example out there where how you treat people. Doesn't seem to affect how many rockets you can buy. However, most people aren't in that situation. Subtle. And most people, most businesses need to treat their people like people. And all the data, bear, oh, most of the data bears it out. Uh, and the cost of treating people like people who are competent and committed and have a purpose is pretty dang close to zero. And the pretty dang close part means if you are in a leadership position, And you can't quite bring yourself to treat people like people, A, assess why you are where you are, and B, you may need some help getting there. Don't not invest because you don't want to or because you think that's not how I roll. Because if you keep rolling in a negative sense, folks will leave and your profits will go with them. Yep. Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Now, with that in mind, Miss Myra, uh, we didn't actually mention this in the last call uh, or our last podcast, but we did talk about it afterwards. You, you'd brought up, uh, KPIs and how they were, uh, I can't remember exactly the wording you used. Was it different than goals or how did you, how did you state that? Do you remember?
2: Yeah. Well, KPIs people, people, it's a measurement, very, very, um, important measurement to keep, but it's not results. It's not, you look back to last month and did you make your goal? Did you make your, your um, you know, whatever number you were shooting for, did you make it? That's in the past, you can't do anything about it. Um, and just to give you a really good example of it in in sales, if you're in sales, if you know that if you make 10 calls every day, you're going to get at least numerically you're going to get at least one client. So your KPI is: Did I make ten calls? That's all you have to worry about. Every day, your KPI is: Did I make ten calls? You may not get a client that day, but one day you'll get three, and you only made ten calls. Statistics say that you, if you do this, that will happen. So what you're doing is you figure out what cause and effect is what it is. It, what would it take to Make a $30,000 profit? What actions would you need to take on a regular basis? Then you keep track of that and you don't have to worry about your goals because it happens. You do, and they're really good measurements for when the market is shifting because all of a sudden you'll notice I made 10 calls for a week straight and I only got two clients. Okay, so the market is shifting. I'm going to have to contact more people. Um, so you adjust your KPI. So it gives you really good insight way before you get the results. And then you're going, and what happens when you get results? Who's the first person that gets a, gets a finger in their face? It's uh, Seriously. I mean, it's, it's usually uh, middle managers. is usually who it is. And that's probably not their their fault. But KPIs are so important because it makes everybody accountable for, for actions that they can keep track of. Mm-hmm. Does that yeah. make sense?
1: Yeah. They're like the habits for success. Dependent Exactly. The job depended. Right. And if you can determine mm-hmm. what those are for each position, for each person, yeah. success is inevitable.
2: Looking backwards gives you historical information. Mm-hmm. Looking forward is is you're, you're applying that information so it actually, you can watch it have an effect. And anybody that's been in sales will be able to tell you if, it's a numbers game. It's, it's not a game of luck. It's a numbers game. Mm-hmm.
1: Numbers and skill. Numbers and skills. Yep. <laughs> and habits. Awesome. So I'm going to ask you guys, it, it sounds like it, the people are a very vital, important part of keeping the ship ship shape, ready to go. And if something happens, that if you've got a dedicated crew, that they're going to take the appropriate actions to right the ship, to plug the holes, to bail the water, to get everything out. My question is, what do as leaders, as leaders, um, what are the primary, what do we think are the primary motivators um, for people? Uh, I know that we had looked at, I had read something And I think that the data has changed a little bit that the number one reason why people leave organizations necessarily wasn't pay, but it was, you know, bad management or was people. Um, I think, Dr. Sam, we just found some more information on that, that pay is definitely up there, but maybe not the number one reason why people leave Mm -hmm. a job. Um, What are some of those reasons? Because I think, do you have some of that information pulled up, Dr. Sam?
3: I I don't have it on my screen, but I do have it in my head because this is um, some of the research I did plus just some of the the reading I've done recently. Um, And and the question you pose, I'd like to maybe not decouple, but articulate some differences. So we've got one pile of data that talks about why people leave a job. And I think your question was about how to get people engaged and moving forward. And those aren't necessarily the same because people can tolerate some level of nonsense not be fully engaged and also not leave so some ways to get people engaged is to uh, i'm gonna use a squishy word here empower them and what that means is make sure they know what their job is make sure they have the tools to do the job and let them do it with check-ins and the check-ins is is completely different from micromanagement as myra was describing you know kpis um, if you are on a healthy consistent cycle of PDCA, plan, do, check, act. Then your employees know exactly where they've been and probably where they're headed based on the track record set up. And they won't wait for a full quarter or a full iteration, whatever it is to say, oh gosh, you didn't hit your goal, but you're checking all along the way to keep the motivation up. So it's not pass fail, it's continuously improve. So that engagement is and empowerment is one piece. Second piece, making sure people know how their job has purpose, how it matters to the organization. If they can see themselves in the large scope of things, people tend to engage more effectively and to a higher level than if they just show up, punch their ticket, do their job, punch your ticket, and go home. If you ask somebody about a question and their answer is, I don't know nothing, I just work here, watch your culture because those folks don't give a flying rat's fender. Yeah. Um, and you're going to make sure and get them engaged and treat them like people who have brains and have uh, opinions and observations of what's going on around them.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow that's and that's, that's that's it for our show today. Thank you very much. Appreciate that Dr. Sam. <laughs> kind you know, of just rolled that all and up nicely. And seen you know, <laughs> I, I, I,
0: w- I was I remember uh, I was told once, you know, an employee wants four things. One is they want to feel special. They want to be treated as an individual. They want to be respected and they want to they want to be be made more knowledgeable. And that's that's the I I've, I've lived by that. That's the four things an employee wants because we, we can have the most diverse workplace as the United nations. But if people uh, aren't respected, aren't really valued, aren't really involved, not treated with dignity, we've got a great photo op, but we don't have people that are, in, that's not real inclusion. It's a great photo op.
4: Yeah. So then one of the, one of the takeaways there then Conroy, cause pay wasn't in that list. I mean, Geoff started out by, by saying, you know, um, if this ship is our ship is sinking, um, and we need people to, to do different things or work better or harder or smarter or all those things, if we just pay them more, they'll do it. And what you just said was that that's not how you, that's do not
0: it. money's a band aid. In, in, in my experience, paying people more money, it, 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 appeases them for about 30 to 60 days, but, mm-hmm. but, but whatever's their beef is or whatever their issue is still there. It's a bandaid. It, it's not a cure. Well actually
1: I, I've got a, uh, an organization I haven't worked with yet but I am familiar with as one of my, uh, my coaching uh, friends I'm in a group with discussed that the the company, and I don't know which one it was, he didn't use names. he was very non-specific said that they invested an extra four million dollars in bonuses for their employees.
0: sure.
1: And which I was like, wow that's great. And it was a company that not, wasn't necessarily failing, but was having massive amounts of turnover and company culture wasn't great. And so they came in and said, well, if we just give everybody nice big bonuses, this'll work. Well, 60 days after the bonuses, 25% of the people had already quit.
0: Yeah, you, you have, it's you not have, about you, the money. You have well-paid pissed off people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, right. that's essentially what you got. You have well-paid pissed off people. And I, I've, I've had employees that want more money and I'm like, but what do you bring into the table? Right, well, right. I, I finally got to that point of if your job description says this, this is what I'm paying for. Now, if you're going above and beyond that, I'll pay more. I mean, it, but if if you're just going to be disgruntled and just be pissed, I I don't want to pay more money for anger. <laughs> you know. <laughs> So, yeah, you just have some well-paid, pissed off people.
2: I really like the way that, um, obviously, that Dr. Covey has, has lays it out in Principal Center Leadership. I think it explains it very well. There's a hierarchy of needs that, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and he puts it in, they want to live, to learn, see, to live, to learn, to... No, to live, to love, to learn, to leave a legacy and to live. They have to, they have to be able to survive. Right. They have to be able to survive. If you're paying them a wage that they can, they can't even afford to go to McDonald's. You know, that's, that's not going to work.
0: That's not what I'm saying though. Yeah, no, I'm, I, and yeah, I, and I know yeah. that it's just, if, if they're making a pretty good wage and then we're just going to give them big old bonus as Geoff said, mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> did they earn Sure. That? Again, but, make make me feel special. Treat me as an individual. Respect me. Make me knowledgeable.
2: Well, and the next and the next part of that is, it's to love or have a relationship. Be a, always just like you were saying. Yeah. But you can give them all kinds of relationship if you're not paying them a living wage. Yep. So that they can survive nah. and thrive. Then, and it just goes on up. to live, to love, to learn. They want to always constantly approve. Yep. They want to feel like they're worth investing in. And then they, they leave a legacy. They want, they want to make a difference. I've yep. ne- never met one person that didn't want to be successful and, and, and leave their mark in the world.
0: So I've, and I've heard this phrase forever and I've never understood where, what it is. And I've never been able to find it because it's dependent upon area, but what is a livable wage? I know that's an, that's a, that's a different show. But what is a livable wage? I always wanted to pay my people well. I really, I, I mean, I I wanted yeah. to pay my people pretty well. But you know, pay them a livable wage. What's a livable wage? Your 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 <laughs> level of living and my level of living are different. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, just a little yeah. bit.
0: Yeah, just a little
2: bit. Yeah. I yeah. I read someplace that you would need seventy thousand dollars to live in Coeur d'Alene. That I'd would be a that's, minimum.
1: That's almost that's close. Almost close for barely scraping by.
2: Yeah. And in our area, it's like about 50. Yeah. It's Mm -hmm. about 50 for a family of four. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I I mean, it is, but you, and what is, is surviving? I guess it's having a roof over your head and food on your table and a car to drive. Bare minimum. That's, and, but that's just a a framework to work in. Correct. You know, what's most important you have to take care of their physical needs first, because if they're not the right, if they're not surviving, they, they've got a family to support. Yep. They're going to go someplace right. else.
1: Yeah. Um, if you have an opportunity I mean, to earn or learn or earn right. and learn,
2: learn, yes. yep. it's going to
1: be more fulfilling.
0: There you go. You know, make me knowledgeable. Yeah.
1: Take, give me a skill that I can, you know, Richard Branson said, treat people or give, give people the opportunity to learn and, grow so that they can go someplace else and be successful, but treat them so well that they never want to leave. Right. Yeah. Which I think that that pretty much is basic human nature. And as a matter of fact, that actually 69% of people, this is again from that 2021 Gallup poll said that they would work harder if they were appreciated. Yeah. So simple thing, appreciate the people that you you have working with you and for you. It's not that hard.
0: say, Say thank thank you. you.
4: I appreciate it's what you're doing. The easiest
0: thing to do and the most overlooked thing people do.
4: Absolutely, <laughs> thank you. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's a good point right there. I, I was thinking, how, how do you show appreciation? Well, s- start by saying thank you.
0: Weird. Uh, yeah. That
4: th- that might <laughs> that might work. Um, but and and I know there are leaders out there um, listening to this, and and here's your wake-up call. If you think, look, uh, you know, these people just need to work. I'm paying them. They need to work. And I don't have time to tell them, you know, thank you or please or any of that stuff. Well, um, this is your wake-up call. If you don't change that, your ship is going to sink.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I work with a lot of nonprofits and-, and I'll say, hey, do you guys send out thank you thank you letters after they someone gives a donation? It's amazing how, how many nonprofits don't. And and so when I'll talk to a donor, they'll say, well, I used to give to them, but they, you know, I gave them $1,000. I never even heard from them. And so I don't do that anymore. So say thank you the easiest thing to do most overlooked things people do
4: hey jeff uh conroy um thank you that's really good advice appreciate thank it you. thanks buddy. Th-
0: thank you thank you jeff i appreciate that <laughs> thank you i appreciate you thank you no no no
4: no thank you, thank you. no thank you
1: <laughs> dr sam did you have something to add on there
3: <laughs> yeah thank you sam I, I for I waiting that, no it's all <laughs> good i was debating whether i was even going to throw it out and the reason is uh going for a time-specific comment here where we've got some high inflation and the economy isn't looking good, and to Jeff Geyer's point, you know, if leaders aren't saying thank you, people will leave. Some leaders may be a little bit callous and say they're not going anywhere because look at the economy. They can't go anywhere yeah. better than this. That's well, maybe, and maybe temporarily, but they get the inkling they can get going and you're treating them like garbage, they're going to go. They're out. And they may give up a piece of lifestyle just to get out from under that kind of nonsense leadership. True. So don't rely on the the almighty dollar to allow you to, to treat people poorly. Correct. Turn the page, say thanks specifically for something intentional and um let people know they're appreciated.
0: Thank you,
4: Sam. Yeah,
3: yeah. Yes, thank you. Yeah, and even to McLaughlin's
4: <laughs> the the last um quote from the your survey sixty what was it, 43%? 63% of people had worked harder. 69
1: percent. 69
4: 69 it would work harder so crazy. you don't even have to pay him more you just have to be nice and and you'll and you'll be more productive
0: yep remember the best wow. leadership best leadership advice I ever got was don't be an asshole
1: that's pretty simple that's a simple to easy to say harder to do right
0: well dep- depends if i've had coffee what kind of mood i'm in
1: hey a coffee card goes a very long way or better yet oh just, yeah, yeah. here's a coffee machine help yeah. your people stay hydrated yeah. With my, my, uh, uh, I, I
4: agree, um, Geoff. I, I think it is easier to say than it is to do. And my experience would indicate what makes it easier to do is if you have someone to help you, um, mm-hmm. a mentor, a coach, you know, um, yeah. so, so that you don't get this feeling that, well, I'm the leader and I'm at the pinnacle of this, you know, my department or my organization or whatever. And, you know, leadership's a lonely place. Well, that's only because you've decided to make it a lonely place. Get some help.
0: Right. Exactly.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what? There's some spectacular people right here that uh, actually have a great perspective and the ability to help you out through either assessments or coming in and looking at your culture or your people or your processes or any number of different things. So if you happen to find yourself in that situation where we got people that are plugging holes, but we still have other people that are actively drilling holes in the ship, reach out to us. Let us know. We'd be more than happy to help you out. You can contact us at at leadershipbs.co, or you can hit us up on Facebook or I think you can find most of us on LinkedIn. Uh, Send us a message, like respond, listen to the post, send us something, let us know what you need and we will be more than happy to reach out and see what we can do to help you out. So from all of us here uh, at the No More Leadership BS podcast, thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to hit that like button. Don't forget to hit subscribe. Make sure that you're uh, sharing this with your friends. And uh, go out there, make the world a better place. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you all next time. Have a great bye. day.
0: Bye, bye, Letterbuck. Letterbuck.
1: We hope you enjoyed this episode of the No Leadership BS podcast. If you have any stories, questions, or comments you would like to share with us, please email us at askus at leadershipbs.co. That's askus at leadershipbs.co. Don't forget to give us a five-star review so we can reach more people. Thank you so much, and tune in next time. We'll see you then.